It is week one in the NFL. College football getting riled up. But the big thing, the 30th episode of 30 Rack of Sports. Thank you so much for riding along with us on this wild journey. You know, COVID coming up and down, uh, 30 Rack here and there. But we're back and ready to give you our takes. Welcome in to 30 Rack of Sports. I will give you the best takes. I'm Greg. I run the show. I keep you guys in line. The tyrant. Um, to my right, a guy that I'm actually trying to sell stock of the show to, so I can make a quick hundred bucks. I I, I hear he'll give money for fake voting rights on things. I am a voter and owner of the Green Bay Packers. Zach, I don't want to hear it. Zach owns stock in the Green Bay Packers. You know, the worst stock in America, according to some outlets. Well, if you talk to the Wall Street Journal where it's about making <laughs> money, sure, yeah, you, I, I can't trade it. That's fair. Well, speaking <laughs> of stock. My team won today, so I don't want to hear shit. Browns certainly played the football game today. There's no question about it. But speaking of stock, to my left, guy in the ones and twos, a guy who probably has bought in a little bit too much stock in how good he thought Cincinnati's professional sports teams were going to be this year. It's Josh. Josh, how are we doing this week? That is the most true statement I have heard all year long. Uh, I'm very disheartened by the loss that I just experienced. But the Reds won a world, uh, uh, well, not a World Series, but they won a, they? a series. They won a, a series. series. They won That's a- like winning the World Series. When though. it's your first yeah. series win in over a month and a half, it feels like a World Series. <laughs> they won a series in the world. So, you know. Yep. So we do things uh, sports-wise. Uh, during some of the show, you will hear, uh, recording during the end of the Bengals-Chargers game, you will hear uh, Josh's soul slowly gets sucked out of him as the uh, Bengals blow an opportunity to tie the game against the It's like the a Dementor's kiss. We call uh, it the bungling. <laughs> losing 16-13 to 13 to the Chargers. So we'll get into the Bungles bungling, the Browns brownsing. Are you talking about OBJ? College football, well, maybe. <laughs> College football may be happening. I'm not even going to give that any any. I mean, it did happen. Creed. College football did happen. Everyone makes head. High five. <laughs> All righty. But first, <laughs> I'm going to need a beer, guys. Let's crack one open. Oh. Beer of the week. That's awesome. Yeah, how do you do that? That's cool. This week, we are in Cincinnati with one of the uh, largest breweries in the Cincinnati area. It's our pals down at Rheingeist and their Oktoberfest beer. Franz. Now, Franz, as you said, Josh, not your typical Oktoberfest, uses a uh, different kind of hops, I believe. A uh, different kind of yeast is Ooh. what it is, actually. Uh, Oktoberfests are traditionally a lager. Um, this is still a lager, I believe, but it's brewed with, well, I guess I guess it is an ale then. If it's brewed with ale yeast, I guess it'd be uh, an ale. That, I mean, I... But, uh, they say Oktoberfest beer, so we're splitting hairs here. It's a really good beer. Personally, one of my all-time favorites. All I'm I know is whatever. Josh got lazy on the research. Was like, yeah, it is. Whatever, whatever kind we're of beer. We're splitting hairs here. <laughs> it's beer. Whatever kind of beer it is, it'll be having some more of that. Hey. Hey. Mm. Puns early here today. But, that's, yeah. That's good. It's, but, yeah, um, it's down different. in OTR in yeah, down uh, Cincinnati, OTR. down on Elm Street. Uh, Franz, obviously, the Oktoberfest, so... You know, available now, usually through your September, October area. So, obviously, Oktoberfest Cincinnati not not going on as normal. But 
if you want your Oktoberfest beers, there are plenty still around Cincinnati. You can't miss that can, too, with the diamonds, of course. Well, just the Ryan Guys logo. Best logo in all the craft beer in Ohio, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I'd, I think I'd say so. It's a classic. I think it it's is. the best logo for uh, the taps. Yeah, yeah. Because you get like, the like, I don't know, skull ghost head or whatever on yeah. the top of the taps. That's Very great. great. Uh, Ryan Geist, I mean, obviously one of the best, one of the biggest around Probably here. my favorite in Cincinnati. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, that's like most people. That doesn't seem very crafty but this of is, me, I, mean, I guess. This, is, but. this has always been one of my not just favorite Oktoberfest, favorite beers all time. Um, and with Ryan Geist, Zach, you'll be excited. Ryan Geist, always poetic on the side of the uh, I know. Cans I'm, I'm excited to read the can. So later in our show, I'm yeah. sure you'll hit It'll that be, perfectly. Hopefully. Greg. Hell was indeed real for Cincinnati as the crew were able to flex their muscle in a 3 0 victory over FCC in Columbus. Jossie Zardis came in as a 60 second minute sub for FCC cast off Fernando Adi, but was able to make a mark, scoring two goals in his first 10 minutes on the pitch, giving the crew an easy win. After a 2 2 draw versus Chicago on Saturday, the crew now sit atop the MLS standings. Well, FCC is tied for the second worst record in the league, but we're at least finally able to score after a 542-minute scoreless streak and a 2-1 loss to NYCFC Saturday. Baseball moves into the final quarter of the season as both Ohio teams have started to slip a little bit. The Indians have dropped their last six games now through Sunday and have fallen into the first wildcard spot, but still have a five-game cushion with just 13 games remaining. The Reds have continuously struggled this year, and now time's running out as they sit at 20 and 26 and are three and a half games out of the final playoff spot, which is 14 games left. The Browns had a rough day at the office, dropping their opener 38 to 6, where the Browns had three turnovers, 80 yards and penalties, a missed extra point, and a missed field goal, as the Browns fall to 120 and 1 in their season opener since returning to Cleveland in 1999 as well as the second straight year where the Browns have lost their season opener by more than 30 points. And those are your OH headlines. All righty, so a wild weekend of NFL football in Ohio, both ending with, of course, debilitating losses. One, because you get beaten into the ground by the former MVP, and the Browns lose 38-6 to to the Ravens. Or you lose off of an offensive pass interference on a touchdown. <laughs> have a 31-yard field goal to tie it and take it to overtime. And your kicker gets hurt and shanks said field goal. So I don't know what kind of masochism and horrible game we're going to start with. I, I want to take a bet. I want to take a bet on the Randy Bolt. Was he really hurt, or is that one where you're like, "Oh, I shanked it," and then you're like, oh, oh, you grab, oh, you grab, oh, you grab the, the, the leg." Was yeah, following me. Oh, I, I guess know. we'll start with the uh, with the fresh game. The uh, we just watched the ending of that that Bengals uh, game. I guess you maybe call it. Um, I don't know what it that was. Bengals collapse. So we'll go to Josh. Josh, thoughts? I guess thoughts overall, because also you know. Joe Burrow, some some positives in the debut, but obviously, you know. And some negative. Kind of in the background after uh, what yeah. all went down at the end there. Yeah, I mean, 23 for 36, 193 yards. Unfortunately, yeah, there was the interception on the shuffle pass, him just trying to do too much. Um, the lone touchdown of him 
uh, running it in, which was a great run with a great block um, from Hopkins there. But uh, unfortunately, like the rest of that, I'm not even going to say the rest of the offensive line. The right tackle is just awful. Awful. What's his name? Bobby Hart. Bobby Hart. I'm oh. amazed. They only had three sacks on Burrow. Yeah. That's amazing. It, yeah. I th- I felt like he was under pressure all day. Yeah, I mean, he, he had one, two seconds to get rid of the ball most of the day. Uh, obviously found some uh, chemistry with uh, CJ Uzama and Giovanni Bernard on the uh, dump passes there, and obviously things were clicking quite a lot. AJ at the Green, end of the game. Five, yeah, or five receptions, 51 yards. Right, um, but it also doesn't help that Joe Mixon kind of was shut down today, and again, that's not necessarily his fault to only have 69 yards on 19 carries. When the lanes aren't there, the lanes aren't there. Um, there were a few plays where some of his cuts I questioned, but like at the same time, what are you going to do? I mean, you, you only have so many options to run when I'm, that defensive line is right there. I mean, the offensive line just has to get better. Otherwise, Joe Burrow is going to be dead week eight, and you're not going to have anything with Joe Mixon. Like, why re-sign Joe Mixon if you're going to keep Bobby Hart, who at times today was standing there on his heels looking around like, what happened? Bulldozed over, his quarterback's laying on the ground behind him, and he has no idea. And this is a man that, like, is an anti-vaxxer, doesn't believe in COVID <laughs> and anything. That alone should get him cut from the team. I think the flat earther thing should get him cut from the team. He's, he's yeah, borderline. He's borderline. not sure yet. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's reading yeah. the science. Yeah, on but, it. I mean. He's flat earth curious. <laughs> he's flat earth curious. Jeez. <laughs> hey, Greg, can you shut your fucking thing off? No. Jeez. So no. We're doing a show right now. Sorry. I wanted to hear Dan Hoard. Uh <laughs> but but looking at the game, I mean, you know, if there was a way that you wanted the game to have or came to happen, obviously defense played pretty well. Kept, yeah. you know, I mean, Tyrod Taylor only 16 for 30, 208 yards. Burrow had to throw the ball 36 times, but, you know, 23 for 36, 193 yards, like kind of a defensive battle, but had some good stuff out of your offense. But just at the end of the day, too many mistakes seemed to kind of uh, crush him. And in what seemed to be a very winnable game there at the end, in a season where, you know, you want to take any of those small victories because who knows how many you have, it's tough to see those victories fall right Yeah, I, I just I, – the ending of that game is almost unbelievable to have your kicker blow his leg out on the kick. I mean, it is believable because it's, it's Ohio. It's the Bengals. It's Cincinnati. Yeah. It's the Bungles. Um, but I think we are in store for a pretty decent game on Thursday because we'll get the Browns in a minute. Their defense played pretty well today, but then Jermaine Pratt and Jesse Bates kind of led the the Bengals the uh, the Bengals defense there. Um, the Browns defense I think played better than uh, the score would lead you to believe. Um, but Whoa. both but both of these defenses uh, are going to have to get pressure on the quarterback. I mean, today we only had uh, Lawson and Bynes on the Bengals record a sack each. Other than that. Tyrod Taylor kind of had all day. Um, same with Lamar Jackson. When you give Lamar Jackson any sort of time, you're gonna get you're gonna get scored on quite a bit. Um, having said that, both of these offenses definitely have their problems. I think, yeah, with Joe Joe Burrow not having any, like you guys have been telling me for weeks, not having any preseason practice or any time. Just between our the Ryan lines. Finley, man. I've been saying it yes. for months. 
I don't think we should have started Ryan Finley, <laughs> but it just proves that uh, Burrow is not used to trying to dump off things quickly. And that's that, something you learn. Yeah, that's something that he's going to need to learn. I think he did get the hang of it midway through. Like I said, Uzama and Bernard, he had a couple good connections with at the end. But I, I don't. That's about what I I think you should expect as a Bengals fan. I, I mean, just that that last close, that no, last close, thirty close, but no the last thirty seconds yeah. was Smoke just prototypical Ohio there. professional football. Yeah. But offensive passing, I don't even think AJ Green needed to push off. I think if he no. quick cuts it right there, turns, he's probably got a touchdown. Pushes off and then. I mean, it's a 41-yard chip shot that I, I I question the injury. I don't know. I don't it's, it's know. It's the I NFL. You're not allowed to touch anybody yeah. anymore. There were a couple calls. No, it was a push-off. It was a push-off. Yeah. That was a push-off. Some of the other calls in that game, like that unnecessary roughness call, was a little unwarranted, I think. Hey, the refs didn't have a preseason either, Josh. That's so true. lay off. That's true. Clay Blakeman and them boys still trying to get up to it. How, how about your brownies, Greg? They uh they kind of got dunked on. <clears throat> so, uh... Yeah, we had to we had to push the the show recording back so you could uh, so you could watch. I only watched the first half. So it's all I, I could muster. That's all I could muster. Uh, Baker Mayfield uh, forcing passes. The big problem was obviously stupid mistakes. Offense is rolling first drive. Mayfield forces a pass. It gets tipped, picked. Second drive. Try to run a fake punt. Doesn't work out. Short field. Gets into Ravens territory. Gets backed up because of a bunch of penalties and ends up in third and 41. Missed field goal. Third and 41. Yep. I mean, that's, these <coughs> characteristic Browns and Bengals day, really. Yep. I mean, welcome back, folks. Um, <laughs> missed extra point. Missed field goal. 99-yard drive for the Ravens. Minute and 30 drive for the Ravens right before the end of the half. I mean, it's just everything that you could have seen that would have been an issue. It's like the wide receivers that they wanted to get involved didn't get involved. Odell, one catch. No. Landry was... Three receptions. Did he really end up... Three receptions, 22 yards. They had 10 targets. 10 targets, though. I mean, they were trying to force the ball to him. So, I mean, it was Baker, though. Yeah. Yeah. So, I guess, yeah, he had the one over-the-middle catch, one screen. I know there was one drive... The one sh- missed field goal was third and two. He was open, dropped the pass, hey. missed field goal, and then the Ravens drive down and score with you know six seconds left in the half. But it's just one of these Finally things. Got it in there. We had to get it in there somewhere. The defensive backfield has been hurt because of injuries. No greedy Williams. Delp it out for the year. Dude, I bet going uh, Mac Wilson out. So you know, having to start some young guys. Those guys are wild. Uh, the coverage should look to be kind of Not lost King at times. Shame, Obviously, a lot of guys kind of in and out. Shame anybody. Andrew Luck hit him King real hard I'm during not training camp. I'm so, all sorts of weird uh, shit. I don't kink shame. You know, there were certain times where you were like, where's the coverage? Who's supposed to be covering him? (laughs) Uh, Hollywood Brown (laughs) ran all over them, five catches, 101 yards. And it's just one of these things where this will happen to the Browns a couple times in a season normally. I mean, it happened to them beginning of the season last year. You know, they score a touchdown on their first drive. They look good at times in the first half. And then a couple mental mistakes couple calls don't go their way right. and well. then they just fold and i think there needs to be some more mental toughness out of the team yep. the defense needs to get a little Alrighty. bit 
Time to wrap things up. More Thank you so much space. for rocking with us and drinking and with Baker us. And Baker Mayfield, wild week one to learn of to the NFL. Make the passes that are there uh, and throw the ball out of bounds. Obviously, so things are a couple times this week. Keep drives alive on Thursday as the Browns and the Bengals face off. Cincinnati gets their season started in football. The Bearcats play Austin Peay on Saturday. These guys just have to find out maybe the NFL and Ohio Clay's Campbell's in your face. Gets things going. You're just gonna have to get rid of it. Guys, any quick shout out before we get out of here? I'll give a shout out to the Ohio kid on his first NFL start. Stefanski in his uh, kind of opener. Kind of seems like he threw out a dud the there, right? I'm so making a shout out to uh, Stefanski. Once again, okay. only had like Joey Bosa. a year and a half of and calling plays. And he's not trying to Nick call Bosa. plays. And you know, also he is Stefanski. Van Pelt would call Learn it to play. invest yourself. Thank Stefanski you. I don't invest. In. All right. Because I feel we'll like we'll get out of here. Coaches, companies. it's just Thank too you. much. Whoa. And there are certain Thank you so much yeah. for listening yeah. to us. <laughs> I know. Do not listen. They were to getting a little bit five wide happy, and I saw at all. Kitchens last year. For Josh, getting impressed. Yeah, this isn't fucking two great running backs in Kareem. For Josh, on the ones and twos, you know, if it wasn't for like a fifty-yard run by New Day. For by Zach, hopefully realizing one day that Russell Wilson's better than there. Guys. And I know they ran him a little bit. And obviously for me, the 23 Greg, carries, yeah, being your depressed Browns fan, every day, carries, every Sunday. week. Thank you so much they for listening to, to 30 Rack more Sports. See Chubb bum, had a couple bum, of carries bum, that were kind of, you know, boop. hit down at the line. But if you look at them, uh, Kareem Hunt, 13 carries, 72 yards, five and a half yards a carry. Nick Chubb, 10 carries, 60 yards, six yards a carry. Yeah, That's what you need to do, especially when you have these defenses. You know, obviously... Uh, Baltimore has a has some good guys, you know, on their defensive line. Have uh, Derek Wolf, Clays Campbell, right. Queen, who they got. But in upcoming weeks, like against the Bengals, where you you know you have some guys out like Geno, uh, you don't know what happened to um, DJ Reader. You have to run up the middle and you have to smash mouth and keep the tempo of this game because you got two guys that are bowling balls. Right. And when you saw them running, their best drives were when. They were running the ball early, and Hunt was getting seven yards a carry. Yeah. Hunt, you know, Chubb was getting six, seven, eight yards a carry, and that's what you need to do because. How much have... of that? I'm gonna. I don't know. Um, this is a big Aaron Rodgers thing last year. The question of how much um, is Stefanski giving Mayfield to kind of make some calls at the line, though? How much is this? Do you see a lot of audibleing? Do you think that's part of the? I the saw issue? a couple. I saw a couple check with Mays. But I think yeah. the one thing that I was very surprised to see is they traded for Andy Janovich from the uh, Broncos because they didn't have a real fullback last year. And mm. I saw him a couple times in the wing, like, you know, wing area. But I would like to see a lot more strong eye formation. Yeah. Run it right Pounding up the ground. gut. Pound mm. and ground. And I know you have these wide receivers that you want to get involved. But really, 
a lot of the strength of your team is ground and pound, the interior of your offensive line with Betonio and J.C. Treader. You've got some talented tight ends. Harrison Bryant, the rookie out of FAU, has been was great during camp, had a couple nice plays, and Joku had some nice plays. Austin Hooper obviously is, mm-hmm. is you know, a very good tight end. Run the ball, set up the play action, and allow Baker to make the throws. And it also takes some of the stress off, you know, a young tackle in Jedrick Wills, and it might allow some of the corners to start creeping up and give Odell Beckham the chance to make Odell Beckham plays. That's yeah. what I'd, I don't understand with both of these teams. I mean, with the Bengals, Bengals just don't have the uh, offensive line to run the play ax- action. <laughs> but But the Browns, it's like... Chubb should be getting Chubb should be your primary rusher. Hunt should be your receiving back. And and then yeah, you also you got Austin Hooper, who was like the best tight end. They're in the they're last both year. bowling balls. I think they both should be running. You know, I mean, they yeah. should both have fifteen yard fifteen carries a game, regardless. Yeah, each. Um but but what I'm saying is is each team has the package to pull pull that off. Yeah. You know, you have your deep threat receiver, you have your backs to run play action, the Bengals will pull. The Browns too. I mean, Mayfield's mobile. I mean, you have that package to to run the play action successfully. You just need the other pieces there. I I was amazed that Austin Hooper only had the what one two receptions today yeah. for 15 yards. It's like you should be able to be setting up a dump off play action right. way more often than that. Yeah, um, I mean they're they're they have three tight ends and they had you know what, six catches for, like, 70 yards, and one of them was, like, a 30-yard pass to enjoy, so right. it was about half of it. But you look at these guys, and it's, like, when they set up the play action, because you saw it a lot when uh, when Greg Williams was actually the interim head coach. They did yeah. a lot of set up the run and then get the ball deep, and that helped them. And you can see if both of these teams can do that, you got John Rash, you got A.J. Green, you got right. Odell Beckham, you got Jarvis Landry, you got all these tight ends. If these teams can set it up, these could be two good offenses, but then you look at what they do and you're expecting a yeah, I mean, 13-10 slugfest. I mean, we're sitting here talking about the personnel. I mean, the offensive coaching decisions for both these teams today are also something that to be looked at a little bit and how that progresses through the season. So, I like we said, all the pieces are there, I think. Well, some of the pieces are there. Most of the pieces are there. We're missing that final piece to the puzzle on each team, I think, though. Yeah, so uh, let us know. You know, obviously, as uh, as we might mention coming up, there's a there's a forty bet coming up between uh, Josh and I, Browns Bengals Thursday night in Cleveland. So uh, be excited for that. The Thursday night game, first uh, I guess you know the inside of the opener, the first real like Thursday night game. So should be fun. Uh, be on the lookout for some thirty rack tweets and possibly some reactions. Because when I watch a Browns game, uh, <laughs> anything's bound to happen. And now, Zach's reciting the cup. Franz is our Oktoberfest brow, not traditional, but uber German. He's an autumnal brew, bit of a dreamer, often hiking in the Alps to return brimming with great ideas, like those brisk hikes in the steep mountains, these Munich and Vienna malts will pump you up. Pump you up, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you got to do a little bit more of the German accent. I can't, I can't do it. Sie is an autumnal brew. Sie is a bit of a dreamer. That actually sounds a bit Scottish. <laughs> I know, I got a little brogue in there. I don't know. 
<laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, fantastic beer, yeah. fantastic can. I mean, a very German can at that. <laughs> ich muss die trinken. I was so angry that that's Scottish. You're so angry right. about this beer. I'd love to see you on a couple of these with that accent. Can you do the whole rest of the show in just a German accent? Like, we won't mention it. Just Good can. Obviously, Zach, like you said, one of the Best logos, most iconic logos cans. out there. Very yeah. clean can with the diamonds. Franz. Oktoberfest beer. It's our beer of the week. It's a hell of a beer, too. Try it out. Obviously available every, you know, Ryan Guy's available everywhere, so. Yeah. If you get a chance to check it out or head you down to OTR. Town, yeah, yeah. I mean, really, if you haven't had this beer, do do yourself a, a good a good thing this week and pick it up. Yeah. A good thing, especially when you have to watch whatever crap is going to go down on Thursday between the Browns and the Bengals. True that. True that. At least enjoy a beer while, while all that. I'm hoping it's a 6-3 game. I'm hoping that's the final. Good God. 5-3. <laughs> Four to two. Four to <laughs> Let's see it. That'd be awesome. What's brewing Ohio from OhioCraftBeer.org. Find them on social media at OhioCraftBeer. Find us on social media at 30 Rack of Sports. Uh, for Columbus, we've got uh, – you guys might be interested in this. You guys got – you guys can grow this stuff. Uh, beard? I can't, yeah, I can't really like grow this stuff. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. no, the I know. Testosterone. Yeah, we're working. Yeah, we're working. Ouch. Oh, yikes. Uh, registration is currently underway for the Random Precision Brewing Company uh, up in Columbus. Uh, well, a little north Columbus, I guess. Uh, the 2020 Beard Challenge, you can uh, go there. You got to go in with, you know, clean face and everything. And for the next eight weeks, uh, you can see who can grow the uh. most greatest beard. I probably couldn't, but I'd be down to do that. But I don't want to shave because I look like I'm like 11. I just started the beard thing, and the worst part is like the first two weeks because it like it yeah. just itches like crazy. Yeah, I can't get past that really. But you can go to Random Precision's tap room to sign up. Uh, it's between now and September 13th is when you can register. So uh, get out there if you can this week. Entry fee is $20 per person, and 100% of the money will be donated to the Mid-Ohio Food collective. Eight weeks is enough, but imagine like just getting like a nice, slightly like lumberjacky beard and like tie dye, dyeing it or something like this. You know? Tie dye? Yeah, do something where you could like dye it some colors. Yeah, Although the problem is there. with beards sometimes, if they're like too short like this, yeah, like you start like dyeing your skin and it just looks. Like oh well, terrible. yeah, and my hair too. Like, I can't dye anything. Well, yeah. Also, you got the yeah. I you got like the dark brown hair. with a little dark bit hair. of yeah. dark. Yeah. Uh, northwest. We don't often talk about this place, uh, home of the home of the Falcons, uh, but the Bowling Green Beer Works. Whoa, PGSTDU. Uh, they're celebrating five years this week, um, and they're tucked away uh, back there in Bowling Green. But if you are in the Bowling, Bowling Green, Green area, Kentucky? that's what I was going to Bowling Green, Kentucky. Yeah, Bowling Green, that? Ohio, oh. uh, oh. Northwest Ohio. They uh, also have an uh, an adjoining art gallery next to them, um, so they're mm. also doing some stuff um, and Big offering. Art. An exhibit okay. on uh, like a retrospective Mane, of the brewery's Mane. first five years serving the community. Mane, Mane Mone, I love know. it all. Mane, yeah, you guys don't know anything. <laughs> um, Michelangelo. No, that was a Ninja Turtle. Sorry. No. Whoa, whoa, sir! I buy my art from TJ Maxx. So. Good, good, good. I get mine from Target. Uh, up in Dayton. I finger paint mine myself. You guys, you guys are familiar with familiar with Doras, are you not? With yeah. What? Oh, Dayton. Des- yeah, that place. outdoor recreational areas or something. Yeah, like basically that? you can buy like a special cup, and there are certain like areas. Like I know Toledo has a couple blocks. Even like some of the suburbs of like Cincinnati have like blocks that you buy these door cups, and you can basically like 
open container walk, it? Yeah, open uh, container. You can walk open, I open container. Think that legal. Let's, let's stop fucking around. Well, Dayton, your Dora, your Dora station uh, district is open. Uh, it opened Labor Day weekend. Dora is now active in Dayton's Oregon district. Um, plenty of breweries around it's a nice there. Place. It is. Such yeah. as uh, you've got that's right around the Dayton Convention Center. You've also got Toxic Brew Company over there. So yeah, check it out. Um, lots of cool. I hope we cut this part out. No, I'm leaving that in. <laughs> I'm leaving that in. But uh, if uh, you want to head out to Toxic Brew Works and uh, get get a couple beers deep to sing some Britney Spears like my friend Greg here, get out there. Check out Bowling Green if you're up that way. And, uh, yeah, if you want to learn more about what's going on in Ohio for the brewery scene, ohiocraftbeer.org is your place. All right, it is now time for our Verse of the Week, where we talk about the worst things that have been going on in sports this week. Normally, we have our overarching topic. The three of us pick something that's terrible, you know, worst things on Twitter, worst things that have happened in football, baseball. But one man stole the show this week, guys. On Thursday, um, everybody's favorite sports commenter, Skip Bayless of Fox Sports, said on Undisputed, his show in the morning, talking about Dak Prescott, who had uh, come out recently talking about how he had had some uh, depression and anxiety following um, his brother dying via suicide. Uh, so he was talking about you know, how he didn't even have the energy to go work out because he was dealing with so much you know, depression and anxiety, which makes sense when something like that happens to your family. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But uh, Skip had a little bit of a different take, guys. <laughs> really? Uh, Skip said, quote, I don't have sympathy with him going public with, quote, I got depressed. Look, he's the quarterback of America's team. If you reveal any weakness, it can affect your team's ability to believe in you in the toughest situations. So basically, Skip Bayless is saying, mm -hmm. if you're the quarterback of his beloved Dallas Cowboys, show no weakness, you can't get depressed, if anything bad happens to you, don't show it because you're the quarterback of America's team. I, uh, where do we even want to start with this guy? <laughs> I, I, I was so when I when I first saw it, I was just so stunned that like, oh, and yeah. I'm and I'm a Reds fan coming off the whole Tom Brenneman thing, and I was just like, really, like, really? After his brother just yeah suicide not even a year ago, and then you go and make a comment like that is just uh, wild to me, and especially I don't know if you guys know this, but that day was National Suicide Prevention Day during National like mental the mental health awareness month really? or whatever. Yeah. And they no and one no one like, no, no no one no, in production like, mentioned you, that yeah. or anything. Like, hey, it's hey, just hey. like how are you so tone deaf? Like it blows uh, my mind that they I thought it was crazy. And also it's you know uh, Dak Prescott is a guy that you know lost his brother, also lost his mother to colon cancer right. in 2013. So he's dealt with like I mean a whole lot of Family, turnover, you know, yeah. yeah, I mean, turmoil and all this stuff. And it's like, it's one of these things that you've seen in sports, a lot of these guys, you know, especially you've seen it in, in the uh, NBA a lot with, you know, DeMar DeRozan, you know, the Cavs own Kevin Love talking about right. anxiety yeah. and mental issues. To Honestly, it's come out and it's helped a lot of people because they've mentioned how, you know, a lot of people have come out and been like, wow, my favorite athlete is dealing with this stuff too. Right. Like it's something that they can kind of relate to 
And, you know, it's helped a lot of people when they realize that it's not just me that's dealing with some, you know, because when you're dealing with that stuff, it's a lot of, you know, you feel kind of alone and by yourself. But when you realize that your favorite athletes are dealing with it, it's something to to do, you know, it's something Mm -hmm. to hold your Mm -hmm. hat on. And whether or not the Cowboys are America's team is is one thing or another. But a team (laughs) that has as large of a fan base as the Cowboys, having the quarterback come out and say it, I mean, you think about how many people are Cowboys fans and how right. many people were probably reached and touched by that, especially mm-hmm. the amount of people that, you know, have dealt with a family member dying via suicide and, uh, you know, people that are dealing with any sort of depression. That's probably, you know, resonated and helped a lot of people. And the fact that you would put something like this down is, I mean, insensitive, but it's just asinine. Cause well, it's it like... It's just how he's feeling. It doesn't make him a weak right. person. It's just like, it's what, something that you have to go through. It's not like, a, you know, it's like if a guy breaks his leg and you go, yeah. well, should you play through it? Like an X, x-ray came out and said that he had a broken leg. And it's like, well, it just shows weakness that yeah. you had an x-ray when your leg right. was broken. I thought it was crazy on the piggy. I've never been a Skip, Skip Bayless guy. I know you guys aren't either. Skip. Uh, Skip. Skip. I thought it was crazy, though, because, you know, obviously with before that with all of the you know from george floyd everything going on kind of with the race relations and athletes like i thought he did a great job of standing up and making the points of like you know what the athletes were doing for that and then to be completely tone deaf on a whole other issue that's come to light with a lot of athletes that are famous you know and it's you well, know, well, mental health's always been an issue in this country and it's finally moving forward to be completely tone deaf Kind of Skip Bayless, though, right? On par, though? Yeah, it's one of those, like, it's kind of that, like, old-timey coach that, you know, like, when the concussion thing came big, it was like, well, I got my bell rung and stuff like that. And you're like, like, you know what? I just got the wind knocked out of you. People are dying because of, you know, long-term effects. And it's like, you know, when you have that stuff, it's a real illness. And it's something, like, it can affect you. And if it affects him through the rest of his... I mean, it, it will affect him. But, you know, if it's something that he doesn't get out in front of and just doesn't get help and let's affect him, like, it's something that it can affect people for the rest of their lives. So the fact that he got out there in public is not anything to be, like... It's not weak, Greg. Like, he's, like, whether or not they're America's team or not, and this is what disappoints me so much about the comments, is that, like, he has a platform. And that's what I think is is almost the way Americans are viewing sports right now is the problem with things like like I am not a Des- Dak Prescott fan at all. I really don't not a big fan of his, not a big fan of the way he's handled all this contract stuff. Yeah. But my god, he's a human. Still. Yeah. He's a human and being. And we have to start treating athletes like humans. Like they have this big platform. If he's the quarterback of America's team, then by God, speak out. And like you said, Greg, like reach people, touch people, connect with mm-hmm. people. That's what this should be about. We shouldn't keep treating like treating it like you said, Zach, like it's we're going to war or something. Like he's a quarterback for a football team. Yeah. It's... And if he's a quarterback for America's football team, then use your platform. And also it's something that probably helps the brand because I know like right. there yeah. are players that I like that aren't on my teams in football or basketball or anything else. Because I can relate to them. You know, they have something in relation to me. Something's happened to them that's happened to me. Or, you know, they deal with, you know, similar, like, health issues that I've dealt with. Or, like, even as simple as C.J. McCollum's, like, a Browns fan. But it's, like, it helps you connect with more people. And it honestly probably helps your brand grow. Because you go, you know, you look at so many people that, like, 
like take Jim Abbott, who was a pitcher with one hand. Right. So many people, you know, that have some sort of, you know, uh, disability where they have, you know, part of one, they could relate to him. And now it's like people that have mental, you know, any kind of anxiety or anything can relate to him. And it can really only help his brand. And it's not going to, it's not going to be like a defensive lineman is going to be like, wow, this guy had depression. It's going to be easier for me to yeah. sack him. I didn't get that comment. Like, no one on the team's going to be like, oh, no. Like, you know, we're down 10, so Dak's probably giving up. He's probably depressed. Yeah. Like, what is that? Right. That's not like, That's not the... And also, he's proved that, that like, he's yeah, been able to do that stuff. Yeah, it's he's not a on the field thing. thing. It's not like this is just some quarterback. Like Dak Honestly, Prescott probably being on the field and playing blocks all that out for him, I'm sure. And, right. like, he brought up the COVID's been part of it because they haven't had the normal off-season OTAs and mini different camp, things and mini stuff. camp that he's been sitting at home is why it's been so difficult. So I think the right. idea of trying to connect that to playing, unfair. And even if it did, he's a human. But connect that to fans. Like, yeah. we, we're all going through different, not normal lives right now. Like, everyone... I just think everyone, he was being honest. He was yeah. being honest. And um, a lot of people are especially going through mental issues, you know, not being able to be around people. I know, you know... Working from home and stuff like that is different because you don't have the same social interaction. Yeah, and yeah. it's like, yeah, if you're going through Where something difficult you? and you have to sit in like Zoom meetings at home all day and you just have time to like muck around, mm-hmm. yeah, it's going to make things worse. It's yeah. like the, the best thing that you can do is it's like, yeah, if we have any issues on the outside when we're doing a podcast or something, it's like, all right, we're focused on the pod. Yeah. When you're in the middle of a game, you're focused on cover two, you're not focused on what's going on. So it's like, exactly. that's probably the last time that someone's doing something and anything if i was a teammate i would feel better because if i was going through anything then i feel like you could Dak would be a leader that yeah. i could go talk to exactly. and to assert that these guys aren't family and don't have each other's back like that's that crazy. is just absurd that's well yeah absurd. because he's in a i mean he's in an area where you know they talk about players jumping from team to team i mean jump from espn to fox like uh, yeah. these guys are guys that are really only for themselves right, right. yeah it's uh like I said, I um, never liked Skip Bayless. Always thought he was a, uh, for the ratings kind of person, say crazy, obscene things. And, you know, like I said, through the whole Black Lives Matter and everything, I thought, well, maybe turn a leaf. And I thought he did a great job with that. Uh, yeah. Took one show, one comment. He killed that, though. Just in the words tone of, deaf. In the words of uh, the late, great Denny Green, they are who we thought they were. Ooh. So... Let us know your thoughts. I mean, obviously, you didn't most say people it with the are, same passion, though. They are who we thought they were. You smack them let them off the hook. Let them off the hook. But let us know your thoughts on uh, you know this situation. What do you think about Skip Bayless? Should he still be at Fox Sports? I mean, the answer is maybe. Let us know on our social media. Don't be afraid to speak out about your mental health Anything, issues. Yeah. Don't let this. Don't let a person like Skip Bayless suppress suppress you. Yeah, and if you, I mean, if you need any of that stuff, obviously, like Dak said it on the day, like if you need help, that's why there are people in your life. That's why there are, you know, people you can go talk to. Like this stuff actually does help. And the worst thing that you can do is just muck around and try to be tough. Because at the end of the day, the toughest thing you can do is get out and talk about it and do something about it. So we now move on to talk a little bit more football. This time on the college side, obviously a weird college season. Uh, some conferences not playing, some conferences still up in the air. But the one thing we will say, 
College football is back in Ohio this upcoming weekend. Noon at Nippert Stadium, no fans allowed. But Sadness. the Austin P governors come to Nippert to play the 13th-ranked Cincinnati Bearcats. Roar. So some excitement coming up. But the one thing that will be said on this college sa- or this college season, it's weird. It's kind of muted, and it almost feels like college football hasn't really started yet, Josh. But, Greg, Sir Yacht said the Big Ten would be back in October. Don't do that shit, Josh. <laughs> Don't do it. They are coming back, I promise you. I, th- I think maybe. Is but... the Big Ten coming back? Yeah, let's yeah. get a quick well, update let's, on let's, what's yeah, going let's on. Let's go over to our Big Ten uh, guy here. All right, so I met yesterday, sat, that would be Saturday, at the time of recording, uh, with the subcommittee. Ada, the uh, president's chancellor, met with the Big Ten medical team uh, headed up by Ohio State's uh, – Athletic medical director, I think Penn State's. Um, was Sir Yacht there? <laughs> is, he, is he a medical director? Stop talking about Sir Yacht. I think he's funny, but don't listen to him. Um, you know, they have the five rapid testing. Every other conference seems to have picked up on this a month ago, but the Big Ten chancellors keep talking about this like things have changed. Um, anyway, they, did, they got that presented. All seemed to go well. They all met today, Sunday. Uh, per sources, no vote actually happened today. Expectation is the next few weeks. Most things leaking out is like Rutgers doesn't want to play. No one cares if Rutgers does, is there or not. Did, did, so does Rutgers usually want to play? I know, right? Why they don't really have any reason to want to play. Um, you know, based on what don't the play, coaches the have said. Um, you know, Ryan Day came out kind of threw shade at the Big Ten and said he expects a mid-October start. I, I, everything you're hearing is about October 10th, October 17th. We should find out more this week. Uh, I'm confident. They will play in October, which would give them an opportunity to still play in the college football playoff. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Uh, so you're, you would expect, what, an eight-game, nine-game season? It would be, yeah, probably you could maybe do ten. It would be, yeah, more realistically, probably be an eight, nine-game season, um, probably just starting October 10th or 17th. Uh, some have said as late as the 24th of October. I think that's a little late. I'd say October 17th is probably the best date. Um, you would still get about an eight, nine game season in, depending on if you want to do a bye. Uh, and then rumor is, depending on how many teams want to play, they might try to do a Big Ten championship game as well. And you're still confident in the uh, the Columbus Nuthouse. <laughs> is that the Indiana Hoosiers? Yeah. Okay. No, no the, the, the high state buckers. What do you mean? Am I still confident? Are, like that they can still pull this off and make it to the oh, college football playoff. Oh, okay. Sorry, I think about, like yeah, I mean the nut house is the student section. I don't know if they'll be allowed there. Um, no, yeah, totally. Are you kidding me? Best team in the country. I th- I thought it was shocking they were ranked second in the AP poll to, before the season. So. Classic Ohio State answer. Can we talk about the number thirteen? <clears throat> yeah, we can. Team in the country, the uh, Cincinnati Bearcats. I'm a proud alum, by the way. UC alum. So, yeah, we can talk about uh, That's weird. Football. I don't see uh, Ohio State anywhere in the AP poll this week. It's <laughs> about the preseason grade. Clemson, Alabama. Lean your ears out, sir. You heard me. <laughs> I mean, for the Bearcats this week, we've got Austin P, which should be no trouble. It's, it's more uh, the following week that should be maybe a challenge for the Bearcats. Top Only, 25 team coming to town. Yeah, uh, Army, who has outscored their first two opponents 79-7. Uh, uh, to seven. Uh, Granted, those That's two... That's a op- lot to a little. Those two <laughs> opponents are uh, Louis, uh, 
Louisiana Monroe and Middle Tennessee State. The Warhawks and the Blue Raiders, baby. Yeah, uh, so I don't know what you want to um, – how much stock you want to take into that, especially with uh, the Bearcats. They're always tough, though. No one likes the playing the military right academies for a reason. That's just no. a random game. The one thing that I will say is if there are teams that are prepared, it's a team that has to play a military academy basically every other year. Yeah. Because you see a lot of their players have played Navy, Navy in the same conference. It's like, you know, it's like the teams in the Mountain West have to play Air Force every year. Right. When you have to play one of those teams, you're a little bit more prepared. It's You've not seen that it before. hard. It's just on defense, be disciplined. Yeah. That's it, really. But you I mean, have to be prepared for it. And that's it. what yeah. you're going to have to be prepared for. I mean, Army doesn't pass the ball. They, mm-hmm. they purely run the ball. I mean, Christian Anderson had, what, two for four in the first game and uh, didn't didn't. Uh, what do you have? Oh, oh, for three in the second game, and then Jamel Jones came in, went one for two. Like they purely run the ball. I mean, they had uh, over at, over two handfuls of guys run the ball in their last game. Their leading they passer has twenty nine yards. Yeah, I mean, granted, they can do that. I mean, that that's what they're built for, and these opponents that they're playing, that's what they're built for. But you're coming into Marcus Freeman's defense here at Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. That's not going to work. So the Bearcats, Freeman. Yep. the Bearcats, who were one of the best teams enforcing turnovers last year, just need to play that game. Having said that, I still want to see Desmond Ritter step up and be a quarterback and go off. Because like we've touched on he's healthy. He's, he's healthy. He's healthy this year. They're, the whole team is healthy this year. You have to make statement wins. You can't just win and get by. You have yeah. to make statement well, wins. And you're Mr. Michael Warren. Yeah. No, no, you no. can't lean on that anymore. I mean, no. not saying someone won't step up. I'm sure someone will, but that's not a yeah. I mean, they have they have a very know, experienced still, still Michael Warren, right? You still got the tank, back but there. yeah, a um, couple guys back. Uh, you know, some some young guys to step up. But if you have a healthy quarterback. I think this is the year, Cincinnati, you know, obviously weird year. If there's a year for, uh, you know, a, a group of five team to step up, it's a year that there are some holes, you know, obviously with some conferences not playing. They have to make a statement early. They can't just, as you said, slide by against inferior competition. And they need to get themselves ready for their big games, you know, against, uh, you know, UCF, Memphis, SMU, stuff like that, to where. When it's go time, they got to be ready to go. Right. I mean, yeah. once you get done with Army, you've got another two weeks of. I mean, you have South Florida, which should be easy. Tulsa has in the past been a little bit of a trap game, and then SMU and Memphis are nothing to sneeze at. Memphis and SMU lost this past week uh, because of a Memphis COVID test. But I mean, this this conference is nothing to any. Some of these games are trap games, as we've seen in the past, especially if it's a noon game. The Bearcats come out slow and get themselves three, in trouble. Three top sixteen teams in the nation right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's nothing to sneeze at. And then the second to last week, you got to play UCF uh, at UCF, I believe. Well, assuming if the Big Ten doesn't play, and that gives UC more of a or. The AAC in general, uh, yeah. you know, not yeah, yeah a, a more clear opportunity to go I mean, to I the playoff. That's gonna be a big game. Missing a missing a Power Five conference, I I would feel fairly confident in saying the American is the next conference yeah. up. Well, yeah. here's the it's gonna be weird though because yeah. could they yeah. put two SEC schools in? Right. Or Can you put two yeah. SEC schools in because they have well, the strength and that's, of schedule and, that's and the American part of the thing. When you're one of these teams and you have these opportunities, it's like when. You know, in college basketball, some of these teams get higher seeds. Or the old BCS. Yeah. You can't just win 
you have to win and win by quite a bit. You have to show your dominance over these teams to say, hey, we're head and shoulders above these teams and deserve to be in a conversation with some of these top teams. Yeah. And that's why I think that's what I think has held Cincinnati back from from previous expansions and previous playoff talks and just previous, you know, college football, you know, best of the best talks. Yeah, they go yeah. they go ten and two, but then right. they look like crap against Ohio State. You know, you not even struggle, competitive. You have to you barely struggle. win games against Tulsa or UCF Tulane or UC or or what's been in the past the past two years. East Carolina. Yeah, University. We want to get an expansion. My favorite conversation because I still don't know why the UC isn't even in the Big Twelve. When over the weekend we got to point. we got to be a joy to watch uh, Kansas. Yeah. Get <laughs> romped by the Chanticleers of Coastal Carolina. Was Miles' you're, you're experiment missing, is yeah. not working the out bi- there. The bigger question: Coastal Carolina, part of the Sun Belt. The Sun Belt this weekend versus the Big 12, 3-0. and Yeah. Arkansas State over Kansas State. And then, um, what was it? The big win uh, over Iowa State. UL Lafayette beat them down I mean, that's the thing. The Big 12 sucks. I'm sorry. They, right. they suck. The Bearcats could Just easily the Pac-12. Complete, yeah, compete they in that. Compete. But that's the thing is what I'm trying to say is that Everybody agrees that the Bearcats could compete in the Big 12. Everybody agrees that the Bearcats could be one of the best teams in the country. And that was the case last year. Yeah. But when you, for two years in a row, barely beat East Carolina it's University, the quarterback struggle play. against Tulane, can barely get it's out of the, the game against play, UConn though. football. It's the quarterback yeah, it is. play, It's though. just like you, and yes, he was hurt last year. It's the lack of imagination on offense overall, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I I would agree very, very much with that. You yeah. have to allow your offense to step up. You have to see Desmond Ritter become a leader, and you cannot just get by against ECU and Tulane. Yeah. You have to beat them into the ground and make statements. You, if everyone's telling you that you're one of the best teams in the country, you better win like it. Even win as, like Ohio State does against Purdue. As an Ohio uh, State that's fan. That's a bad example, actually. Even against th- Rutgers. I was about to say Maryland, <laughs> well, but that's also yeah. a bad Michigan, example. Hey, or Michigan. Or Michigan. I mean, I mean, I mean, yeah, that's all. As I mean, as a high state fan, though, a UC alum, I'm all for. It. I wish uh, UC would get an opportunity in the Big Twelve. I think it's a perfect fit with West Virginia there. I know we're getting way off the rails. This is just supposed to be a preseason, but I love talking expansion. Um, I love talking expansion. And Cincinnati's so such a hotbed down here, and you know, if they were in a Power Five conference. Some of these recruiting battles with the high state be a lot more interesting. It'd be a lot more interesting just because, I mean, in this, this you is, could you could tell kids, you could say, "Hey, look, there are teams in our conference that, you know, Oklahoma hasn't had the best, but they've been there." Well, you here's my say, point: hey, Ohio State's loaded, and they're telling kids you're gonna have to wait a year or two, but you get to play in well, a Power Five this, conference. Where if UC's like, "We're Power Five now, and we have room for you to play right away." They're going to lose some of those kids. Yeah. Well, I mean, you not are. Even that. You have that. And then, I mean, like, I mean, if you're a regular listener. You can go listener, up to Columbus and steal some kids. Exactly. If you're a regular listener of this show and you pay attention to the Ohio football landscape, then, like, just imagine you have Kerry Coombs going up against Luke Fickle for recruiting in the yeah. offseason. So Ohio fun. State versus UC, both Power Five with those yeah. coaches, with those. It's insane Ohio doesn't have two Power Five right. schools, to be honest. I mean, That's, think about that. This is just behind Texas, Florida, and California of a recruiting hotbed. It really is. If, if, it, it, the three. only thing stopping it really is because because what we have in the Mac in Ohio is perfect. It's oh, great. Yeah. And good. then if you could just add UC to Power Five, oh, 
It'd be great. It'd be, yeah, it'd be so fun. much. I'd be all for it. It's fun now, but it would be so much more fun. they're not getting into the, I want to hear the Big Ten thing. There's no reason the Big Ten would even want them. No. Because yeah. it doesn't expand the footprint. It doesn't, it make, doesn't no. do anything. And, and I wouldn't want that either for no, Cincinnati. No, it's not. It wouldn't be fun for them. But, I mean, you get, we're talking football right now, but I yeah. mean, you think of the West Virginia Cincinnati basketball. That's, well, that's what I'm rivalry. saying, though. You got West like, Virginia, which right now is just on an island in the Big 12, yeah. where you at least get that school near there. They had a rivalry in the travel Big East. Partner. A I mean, travel yeah, partner. They had a rivalry football, in the Big can East. Can you imagine basketball? But even football, Kansas, they had a rivalry Cincinnati, in the Big East. It would have been Baylor, fun. Fog Allen. Oh, yeah. Huggins coming back. Yeah, it would have been great. It's all there for the Big 12 if they will pull the trigger. Yeah, so, I mean, if they would pull the trigger on it, I mean, it could be great. But, you know, just to wrap things up, let us know. What are your thoughts on the Big Ten? Do you think that there'll actually be a Big Ten football season this come, year? Hopefully. Come, come get think, us, sir, yeah. Do you think that Cincinnati actually has a realistic shot at the playoff with how things are currently going? And do you think the UC Big 12 stuff should kind of... Oh, I'm all for it. It should ramp up. It I don't know. To. Let us know at 30 Rack of Sports on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All righty. Time to wrap things up. Thank you so much for rocking with us and drinking with us on this wild week one of the NFL. Uh, obviously, things starting to ratchet up here this week. Got a 40 bet on Thursday as the Browns and the Bengals face off. Cincinnati gets their season started in football. The Bearcats play Austin P on Saturday, and we'll find out maybe whether or not Ohio State gets things going. So, uh, guys, any quick shout-outs before we get out of here? I'll give a shout-out to the Ohio kid on his first NFL start. Shout-out to Joey Burrow. I'm sorry it didn't end the way you wanted, but thanks for being here. I'm going to give a shout-out to the, uh, the other Ohio kid, Joey Bosa, and Joe Burrow's face all day. Nick Bosa. That was Nick Bosa. No, no it's I Joey Bosa. Bosa. God, I'm Nick drunk. Nick Bosa's oh. on. Oh, man, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're I'm, right. I'm drunk. You're right. Sorry, that's no, why I'm drunk. Me no, 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 no. I'm drunk. No, me. I'm no, me. And I want to give a shout out to the quarterback that outplayed Aaron Rodgers today. Not in the he same game. He did not outplay Aaron Rodgers. Statistically, he did not. 31 for 35. You can't throw shots. 322 yards. How four many touchdowns. Yards? How many yards? 322 yards. Oh, 364 yards and four touchdowns. I four in completion. I want to give an additional shout-out to my buddy Greg here, buying buying some steak in uh, Swansea City right here. Swansea City. Now I'm a football also, team Also, I've heard it's also one of the worst things to invest in. Well, I didn't pay $200. I paid $7. No, I didn't. I think I paid my parents. I don't know. My parents bought it for me. So. For Josh on the ones and twos getting depressed about the Bengals. New day. For... <laughs> Zach, hopefully realizing one day that Russell Wilson's better than Aaron And for me, Greg, being your depressed Browns fan every day and twice on Sunday, thank you so much for listening to 30 Rack of Sports. See ya.